Rabbi Sai, good morning. A good Nerev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayetze, Tavshin Peyalef. We're holding in the 11th day, the 10th day, we're going to be Shabbos, going to be the 11th day of of the month of Kislev, as we mentioned in, uh, I think, in one of the Zoom schmoozes that we gave. Kislev is Kes Lamed Vav, the Lamed Vav, Neiris, the lights are hidden within the month of Kislev, and there's a lot to be, um, there's a lot of light that we have to reveal. The parsha is a parsha of Ayetze. According to some, the Balatur be down to parsha Stuma. It's also considered one of those closed parshias. So we're going to try to say Divrei Torah and Divrei and some stories as we usually do. Um, and uh, we also want to mention that this Shabbos is the, the yard site of someone called the Bat Ayin. Uh, the Bat Ayin lived over 200 years ago. He moved from Europe to Tzfas, and he lived in Tzfas. And there are many, many people that say that to go to the Kvarim and to Davin and to learn the Torah of the Bas Ayin is a very, very big skula. And there are people that make Sudas, the Hilula, Lila Nishmasai. And there are many, many Nisim and miracles that take place till today that they say for people that go to the Kaver of the Bas Ayin. I'm not going to go into all the miracles because it would just take too long. But just just to recognize a very interesting phenomena, they say that when you get to the Kever of the Bas Ayin, so it's in a cave and you have to put your head down in order to get into the cave. And that's a little bit of the symbol of who the Bas Ayin was. The Bas Ayin was very, very humble. He writes a lot about it in his Svar, in his Sefer Bas Ayin. He speaks about the Indian of Anova. And I think that's a lesson, that's a message that we should take with us uh, this Shabbos and throughout our lives to uh, try to in, in, enhance our levels of anava, of humility, and to recognize that we are all in the hands of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We want to say over just a few things, Negev, to the parasha. Yaakov Avinu uh, is running away from Esav. He gets to Charon. I just saw now that the Targum Yonasim and Ezio says that there were five miracles which took place on the day that Yaakov Avinu left, uh, left Beersheba to get the Charon. And uh, one of them was is that there was Kfitza Saderach, he was able to get there within one day. Another one was that the sun set suddenly. The Medrash says, what was so special about the sun setting suddenly? In, because the Rabban Islam had a taiva. The Rabban Islam wanted to speak to him. But the only way he could speak to him was through a chalayim. Therefore, it had to be at nighttime. And therefore, he made the sunset in order that Yaakov should go to sleep. Then there's the famous miracles of taking the, the different stones. We might speak a little bit about how many stones there were. Simple understanding, there were 12 stones. And he placed them around his head. And when he woke up in the morning, he saw they all turned into one stone. That was another miracle. Um some of the other miracles were that everyone gathered together in order to uh, pick up the stone which covered over the bear by the shepherds and usually needed all of them to come together and Yaakov was able to come and he was able to remove it all by himself. The Medrash, the Targaryenus of Nazil adds on that for 22 years 
that Yaakov stayed in Lovin's house, so the water always flowed over. There was no need in order for uh, someone to come and to lift up the, the, the Evan. When he picked it up, he was able to take it off, and now it remained in such a fashion, and the water used, flowed freely. Um, so the um, what we want to see, what we want to say is, is that without getting into all the different miracles that took place and what the reasons behind the different miracles were, but the main thing is to to recognize that Yaakov Avinu's leaving and going to Charon and his building in the Jewish nation, which eventually he was able to marry Leah, Rachel, and Leah, and is able to make the Yudbe Shvatim. It all it's a concept of miraculous life. And this is really the message for us, the message we have to realize, Rabbi Zai, that we are all part of that miracle. We are all, we are all part of that ness. The ness of Klai Yisrael starts out with the ness of Yaakov Avinu when he leaves Beersheva and he goes to Choron. Klai Yisrael is a ness. We're in the month of Nisim and we should be Meshabeach. The Rebbe should be thankful to the Rebbe Shalom that he should continue to watch over us as we continue through the pan-epidemic. We recognize more and more how much we are in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we should just be Meshabeach and be thankful to him every single moment of the day. As I saw brought down, someone mentioned that really, we can't really make plans anymore. People used to make plans, make plans for weddings, make plans for bar mitzvahs, make plans for vacations. The only thing that we can do, Rabbi Zai, is to take day by day, to fill our days with as much uh, spirituality and ruchnius and mitzvahs and ma'isim and being good to other people, and to be Meshabach, the Rebbe should be thankful for the moments that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. In the middle of the parsha, the parsha says that Yaakov Avinu meets up with uh, Rachel after he um, after he removes the um, the, the Evim Apiyabir. And the Pasuk says that when Yaakov saw Rachel, who was the daughter of Lavan, so he it says, He kissed her, and then it says he lifted up his voice and he cried. Why did he cry? So Rashi brings down three pshatim. One pshat was he saw that in the future that she will not be in the same burial place as he. We know Rachel is buried separately. Number two is that he came empty-handed. He didn't have anything, not like Eliezer, who was able to give to Rivka all kinds of Nizamim and Smidim and Gdonius, but Yaakov Avinu was empty handed. Why was Yaakov Avinu empty handed? It's because Eliphaz, the son of Esav, ran after him with the commandment of his father in order to kill him. It seems that I guess that Esav didn't want to have the blood in his hands because he knew that his mother would be upset, but he sent his henchman, he sent his son Eliphaz. But because Eliphaz was um, grew up in the house of Yitzchak, so he didn't want to do this because he knew it wasn't the right thing. On the other hand, he grew up in the house of Esav, and we said Esav was uh, exemplary in the mitzvah of Kibbut Aveim. So Lifa says, I have to be kind in the mitzvah of Kibbut Aveim. The mitzvah of Kibbut Aveim is, I have to, I have to, I have to kill you. So what did Yaakov Avina do? Yaakov Avina said, oh, I'll tell you what you can do. You can take all my clothing, you can take all my possessions, Leave me bereft of everything. I'll be an Ani. 
And Allah is an Ani is Chashiv Kameis. A poor person is considered like he's not alive. Reb Chaim Shlevitz speaks about this Indian because when a person doesn't have, when a person is bereft, he's not able to give. That's like a mace. Uh, people that are alive are people that can do for others. And Ani, he's not able to help t- take care of other people. Now, look, he's not taking care of his own needs. He can't even, he can't help other people as well. So that's considered like a mace, the Gemara says. So one day the stipler, Zeichat Tzadik Levracha, once met Reb Yanko Galinsky, Zeichat Tzadik Levracha. And he told him, I guess it was learning Chumash in this week's parsha. He said, you know what? I saw a Gavald And he mentioned this Chazal that Rashi brings down, that Yaakov Avinu cried. Why did he cry? Because he wasn't able to give anything to Rachel. Because he gave it all away to Alifaz. So the stipler said a Gavald thing. We see from over here a tremendous Yusod. That it's worthwhile to have a Bachar learn in Yeshiva. Even if a person is not steiging, and sometimes you have a bacha that's going off to derech, so to speak, but it's still kedai to keep him in the yeshiva, because if he's in the yeshiva, you could stop him chas v'shalom from being a retzayach. He might, you might be able to turn him into just a regular ganav, not a person who's a retzayach. Why? Because Alifaz, Rashi says, since he grew up in the house of Yitzchak, that means he learned in the base medrash of Yitzchak, so therefore he had a taste of Torah. So when Yaakov Avinu said alumnus to him, which is that an Ani is Chashiv Kameis, he agreed to it. And therefore, he decided not to kill him. But if Chas Tashami wouldn't have learned in Yeshiva, he wouldn't have understood this concept. It could very well be that he would have ended up killing him. So the only thing he ended up doing is, is taking his possessions, like a Ganev. So it's worthwhile for a person to keep a Talmud in Yeshiva. This is what the disciples said because you can keep him from doing the most horrible, horrible things. You can end it, he can do less, do less, less good things, but less good things is, is, is better than doing worse. So, <laughs> this is what the stipend learned out for me. This is what he told to Rabbi Yanko Galinsky. And I, always, and I said over in the Shmuz this week in the yeshiva, this really goes with a word that my father, Olosholm, used to say over, the Gemara says at the end of Brachas, which is a parashik tana, which is a small parashik that the entire Torah is, Dependent upon it. This is when a person does an Avera Lishmah. You could know HaKadosh Baruch in all of his ways. Now what is an Avera Lishmah? Doing an Avera Lishmah. So Rashi comments, and Rashi says, it's like Eliyahu Bahara Carmel by the story of the Nevi Ebal, when Eliyahu had to bring a Carbon and Obama. So that was considered an Aveira, because you didn't bring it in the Mishkan, but it was Lishma in order to disprove the power of the Nevi'e Abal. So my father also used to say over, why is that considered the greatest, the parasha, which the entire Torah is dependent upon this? Because he does an Aveira Lishma. <coughs> he brought down that the En Yaakov brings down a Girsa. This is what people say. That a Ganev, when he's in the Machter, when he's in the tunnel, he's about to tunnel into someone's house underneath to get in and to steal from a person. A Ganev, when he's on the Pia Machteres, so what does he do? He calls out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Velt learns that he calls out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he says, Rebunish, I need Parnasa. Even a Ganev needs Parnasa. You know what I mean? So he said, I hope there's going to be some money there. There's going to be some jewels there. I can get some parnas. I don't want to have a, just a, 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 
I built a whole tunnel and now there's not going to be anything that's there. But that's a little bit of a simple way of understanding it. My father used to say over from a Talmud of the Chassam Sofer that the Pshat is that just like we had in the Gemara in the first daf of Masech Psachim, it mentions, Rashi brings down that when a person goes into a tunnel, he's about to tunnel to someone's house to steal from him, he's considered a rodef because the the Ganav, if the person is going to defend himself, then the Ganav is going to want to take away the money. It could be he's going to want to kill him. So therefore, he's the Ganav himself is considered a rodef and therefore you're allowed to kill the Ganav. What happens if the Ganav knows that really he's only planning on stealing and the Balabais is going to try to kill him? So then the halacha is that the Balabais is considered like a rodef and therefore the Ganav is allowed to kill, is allowed to kill him as well. Listen to, to the difference between a Jewish Ganav and a non-Jewish Ganav. A Jewish Ganav, when he's standing up here, he cries out to HaKadosh Baruch, HaKadosh Baruch, I beg of you, don't put me into a position that I'm going to end up being a Ratzayach, I'm going to kill somebody. I beg of you, all I want to be is to be a simple Ganav. And this is the concept of the same concept of an Aveira Lishma. It's possible for a person to do an Aveira and it's considered like he's doing the greatest deed. And that's what the Gemara said. This is a parashat time. This differentiates between a Jewish way of looking at life and a non-Jewish way of looking at life. We know the world today, the world is, is chaotic and hefker. And we don't have to go into what the mafia and what, what goes on in the world, that people will still steal and kill. We have to know that we have a different way of living. It's so fascinating. The, Rash, the Targum Yonasim in Ezeel says that Yaakov Avinu, when he asked HaKadosh Baruch to watch over him, he said, If you'll watch over me, he says an unbelievable thing, if you'll watch over me, make sure that I will not do any of one of the three cardinal averis of Shvichas Domim Gilarayas and Avodah Zarah, which is an amazing thing. Yaakov Avinu was worried that he's going to end up being a, a, a murderer? He's going to be a person that's going to commit adultery? The answer is that tzaddikim, they all have Yerushamayim and they are worried and they dive into HaKadosh Baruch and they're worried that they shouldn't be over on any 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 item which even brings them close to the concept of Shri Chazdam. Like for instance, embarrassing a person or an Bizrayud Avodah or Gilai Rayas could be not necessarily an act of Gilai Rayas, but just the thought of Gilai Rayas. Because they, we temper ourselves. We want to work on becoming a better person, make, building a better society. This is Yaakov Avinu, as Yaakov Avinu is going into Golos. Yaakov Avinu is concerned about this. And Yaakov Avinu expresses it by Vayev. He cries on Rachel because he's coming without any possessions because he gave it all away. And we see from over there what the stipler said, that a person should recognize that just being in yeshiva, being in a proper environment, being in a, in a family of Yidden creates an environment which which allows us to become better people. I saw a Misa from Rav Shach. Rav Shach said over, this is, the different, this is a whole different level. Rav Shach said over that he heard from Rabbi Avram Kamoy, the Rav of the, Mir, of the town of Mir, the father-in-law of Blaise Yudha Finkel, the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir Yeshiva, said over that the Rabbi Avram the brother of the Grah lived in the town of Caden. And he was a Rav, there was a big Tamil Chacham. When he became older, his children wanted him to move to their town because he was older and feeble and what to come. So they asked him to come and he refused to come. 
So he asked him, why did he refuse to come? To make a long story short, he said, because of your mother, your mother, she said, our mother also, she would also like to come to be with the children. We can take care of her. She says, no, 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 no. Your mother wants to stay here in Caden. Why? Because one year there was a famine and there was there were no Isrogim in the area around Caden. And there was a fear that there would not be any Isrogim for the whole entire town of Caden. You have to realize in the old days, it wasn't like today. Everyone has an Esrog, everyone has a Lulav. Those days you had a few people, the Gevirim, the Rav, and they would share it with others. But this particular year, there were no Esrogim to be found. One day, a Seicher, a seller of Esrogim showed up in town and he had a beautiful Esrog. And he said he's willing to sell it to the city, to the town. But he asked for an exorbitant amount. He asked for 50 rubles, which they didn't have. So what did he do? And the people didn't know what to do. So it says that the Rebetzin, of the wife of Rabbi Avram, he she heard about it. And what did she do? She went and she sold her house. She sold her house, Rabbi Isai. What did she sell her house for? She sold her house in order to buy an esrig. Everyone should have an esrig. She got the 50 ruble. She paid for it. And then they were able to have an esrig. So that's not the end of the story. Wonderful, wonderful mitzvah. We can't understand such a mitzvah. Shows the appreciation that Yidin has had for mitzvahs. But what happened afterwards, every single year in Sukkot, her and her husband would go for a walk. They would pass by the house where they used to live. And she used to point out, oh, that was the house which we sold in order to get the Esrik. She had such Hanah. Why did she have such Hanah? Because she knew that that house that they sold was her ticket to Gan Eden. Because a person that's really steeped in the ways of the Torah understands that we're only here <coughs> as an entranceway in order to get to the Trackland and the tracklin is Olam Haba. And therefore, every mitzvah which we do, every maizim tovin that we do, every anhoga that we do, every act of humility that we do, every opportunity of chesed that we do, every mitzvah, every tefillah that we do, is another entranceway. That's the sulam. That's the ladder of Yaakov Avinu. Rabbi Zai, I want to give a bracha to everybody. We should know from Nisim, we should know from brachas, we should have this year there should be a wellspring of miracles for us, for all of Klai Yisrael. We should be zeichet to a good Shabbos. Mirz Hashem to the Gula Shleim Herev Yameinu Amen. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.